before we start this episode, I want to take a moment to apologize for the technical difficulties we had during the show. We had connectivity issues that led to some dropouts and eventually switched to a phone line instead of streaming, which you'll hear on the recording. A big thanks to everybody who stuck with us for the live show, and especially to our guest Erica for her flexibility and great attitude. We try to bring you a great show every week, and although Erica was a great interviewee, we didn't get a great recording of it. We'll do better next time. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Startup Jab. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 24 of Startup Jab, a little nudge. Um, we are here each week to talk to you about all the great things happening in startups, entrepreneurship, building your business, and pretty much everything else. And we cover all sorts of ridiculous and bizarre topics on this show. Uh, I am Jason Ellis, one of your two co-hosts, and with me as always, the uh, mint to my chocolate chip, Teague Hopkins. Teague, how you doing, buddy? Yes, I get to be the mint. That's fantastic. Well, of course I'm chocolate chips, obviously, because I'm crunchy. <laughs> I got nothing there. Um, sure. Yeah, there you go. Um, we got a great show for you this week. Uh, Erica Gail Etten is going to be joining us from A Little Nudge to talk about all things related to the online world of, well, the world of online dating, the world of building your business from scratch, and more than anything else, talking about starting her business pretty much on a whim. I, there's a lot of good stuff to cover there. Um, so we'll we'll get to you momentarily. Uh you know, I, I, I do I do feel a need to say it's the new year. Certainly exciting about that. All new sorts of stuff happening. Um, you know, it's it's a busy world out there right now. It is the new year. Yeah. How's, how's your year going so far? Say, it's been going well. Unfortunately, I came down with a little bit of a head cold last week. So if I sound like I've either got a frog in my throat or I'm trying extra hard to push that radio voice that I've got, um, that is why. It is not because I'm egocentric, although I am. To be fair, um, but no, the week has been, you know, the last couple of weeks, I mean, business has been good. We've been, you know, adding some new clients to my, my agency's uh, roster and, you know, things just in general are starting to, um, you know, they're starting to, to build and grow. And with a, you know, with a new agency having merged mine with another and starting to, to lift that, we, um, you know, we're definitely, uh, we're, we're rocking and rolling. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Excellent. Thanks. Good to hear. I feel good about it. But enough about me. More importantly, we're here to talk to Erica. So I'm going to turn it over to her. Um, so Erica runs A Little Nudge. Uh, it's alittlenudge.com. You should all check it out. We'll make sure it's in the show notes as well. Erica, would you do me the favor of, of introducing yourself to the audience and talking a little bit about your background and, and uh, the history sure. of your company? Absolutely. So first of all, thanks for having me. And uh, I almost feel like I got weirdly... Uh, instead of punished for my blab not working last week, I feel like I got promoted. I got my own show. So, <laughs> so yay, <the> technology <laughs> fail. Sometimes it works <laughs> anyway, out for everybody. I know, right? So uh, I'm Erica reliable. Etten. <laughs> and um, yeah, I did not go into uh, helping people with online dating when, when I started my, my career. So I am from New Jersey originally, South Jersey, Cherry Hill. I feel there like I'm going to get some... Exactly. You got family in Morristown. And, You're good. All right. Great. And um, studied economics undergrad at Cornell and really didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody does, right? So yeah. I took a job in D.C. Still, here. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Am I grown up? I don't know. I took a job in D.C. at Fannie Mae as an economist and had a few different jobs there over the years. I was there for seven and a half years. 
And while I was there, I got my MBA at night at Georgetown, Mm -hmm. still not knowing any kind of starting a business was in my future. I was only going because it seemed like a good idea at the time. Fannie Mae was partially paying for it. So um, after seven and a half years, I, I realized like this could not be my career. I was just not happy sitting in a cubicle um, even though I still love a good spreadsheet, I'm not going to lie, uh, and, and I still love numbers and math, I'll always love that, I prefer people. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting to work with enough people at Fannie Mae. And I always felt like the fact that I could speak to people in layman's terms was actually uh, not to my benefit there because maybe my math skills weren't as high mm-hmm. as all the PhDs in economics, but I was getting penalized for that versus they couldn't talk to anyone about how stuff worked. And I could, and I realized it just wasn't the right fit for me. I had no idea what I wanted to do with myself. So I ended up um, seeking out career services at Georgetown where I got my MBA. And mm-hmm. it was kind of a joke because I never went to any of the career events while I was in school at all. I was the only one. I got these like, I got these threatening emails, like you haven't shown up to any of the career events. And then <laughs> I, I come back for, <laughs> for career coaching. And every time we talked, um, I actually made a wish list of things I wanted in a job. And it was interesting. Every time we talked, the career coach said something to me like an office or a company. And I would cringe at those words. I don't want to go to an office. I don't want to work for a company. The word boss, forget it. You know, she's like, okay, no walls. And I'm like, yeah, no walls. So I realized that I had this idea for helping people with online dating, which I haven't mentioned Mm -hmm. yet. So I was a very early adopter of online dating. I tried it in 2001 when... I'm sure you can attest nobody did online dating, right? I was in college and I remember going out with this guy, Gary from J date and my parents thought I was going to get killed, stalked, you know, all of the usual things. Can I pause for just a second? Because you bet. As, as another member of the tribe, I just have to yes. say, it is adorable to hear that you, you went out with Gary from J date. That's the I went out with Gary. Gary. Well, funny story. I won't go into it now, but I inadvertently went out with the same Gary six years later and didn't recognize him. Ooh, but anyway, that, that's a that story hurts. for another Oops. That's a, that's a story for another day. <laughs> oh, <no>. Anyway, <laughs> so over the years, I was on and off of online dating, relationships here and there, taking breaks. And then in 2009, I, um, I put my economic skills to online dating. So I tracked my results in a spreadsheet. What is my response rate to the people I email? What is the conversion rate from response to date? And I got it pretty high. And then that's when my friends started asking me for help. You know, what are you doing? that I'm not doing? Um, How can you write my profile for me? Can you track my results? So it was kind of, on the one hand, I wanted to get out of my job at Fannie Mae. And on the other, I loved what I was doing. I was helping people with online dating. So I think it took that career coach to just say to me, it sounds like you know what you want to do, to have the gumption to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I quit my job in March of 2011 and started the business in April. So that's the uh, that's a kind of long winded story. Thanks. Yeah, no, that's that's a great story. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, can you talk a little bit about sort of the transition from working in your own company to uh, well, I mean, to excuse me, working for another company to working for your own. I mean, talk a little bit about the stress that that ha- that that must have generated, or even the 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 hopes and fears that you must have experienced there. 
it was terrifying. I'm not going to lie about it. I mean, it was really scary. Yeah. So I had the idea to quit my job in October of 2010, and I didn't quit until mm -hmm. March of 2011. And in that time, I didn't start my mm -hmm. business, but one, I built up the courage to quit. But two, I tried to get my ducks in a row because it's terrifying. The thought of not getting a paycheck is absolutely terrifying. So I, I call myself, I always call myself educated impulsive. Right. I like to do things. I'm pretty impulsive, but I'm not going to do stupid stuff like I'm going to do the research beforehand. So the educated impulsiveness in me for those five months, I calculated how long I could live if I didn't make a penny. And I realized it was over a year. Hmm. Uh, luckily, I had cheap rent when I first moved to D.C., so I saved a bit. And I thought to myself, OK, even if this fails. I can go for a year. I can really go for it. And that gave me the comfort. Uh, looking into this, based on my parents' concern, looking into health insurance. This is uh, this is before uh, Obamacare, the health link. I had to figure out how to buy myself health insurance, things like that. I wanted to figure yeah. out how to even register a business. I had no clue. I read the idiots, uh, one of those complete idiots guides to starting a business. Because even though I have my MBA, they don't necessarily teach you the practical steps to starting a business. Um, at the time, Square didn't exist I, yet. I can attest to that, yeah. Exactly, so I had to figure out how to take credit card payments, all those little things that nobody really tells you. I tried to wrap my head around. I did not, however, start the business until after I quit my job because I don't like to do things halfway. So I sure. said, you know, if I start my business while I'm at Fannie Mae, I don't know how hard I'm going to work at it. I don't know how hard I'm going to market it. And I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, I was tired too at the end of a day of work. So when I quit in March, I took a month to get the business up. And it was, it was such an interesting feeling because every day I would get up and I knew I had to do something business related. I was like, I have to do a little nudge work today, but I didn't know what that actually meant. You know, some days it required, I went to the office in Southwest to register the business. I ended up having to go there four times because there are so many forms. And of course you forget one every time. Um, I sought out some legal advice for the terms and conditions on my website. And then some days I would just sit down and be like, I know I should be doing something. What is it? So it was kind of, kind of just, seeing what came next based on what I had done, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And I, I, finally, I finally just picked a date and said, I'm launching on this day and whatever will be, will be. And that's what happened. Sure. Can you talk a little bit more about where your MBA helped you versus where it didn't give you the skill set? Because I think that's a lot. That's a big question for a lot of entrepreneurs. Do I need to go sure. get an MBA before I start my business? Okay. Well, I hope no one from Georgetown yeah. is listening because I would say no. Um, I loved the program and I actually find that the way it helps me the most is the connections since I've graduated. Given that I still live in DC and Georgetown is in DC, I actually find the alumni connections uh, so extremely helpful and I don't, I couldn't have gotten that anywhere else. Now, as for the education, you know, maybe I would have paid more attention in entrepreneurship class had I thought I would start a business, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> I remember I got a B plus in that class and I didn't do any work and I was so happy about it. So, um, <laughs> I know some of the professors over there. I... No, because I think every business is so different that just like on a job, you kind of learn by doing. That's always good. <laughs> um, so T, you had a question. Go ahead and ask that again. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I, I was just asking, um, when you, 
Erica, when you launched the business, um, you know, what, what changed from, from the day before you launched it to the day after? Uh, so I think at a certain point, you know, when you were in college and you were studying for an exam, there's always more you could study. There's always more you could learn. But at a certain point you say, I'm ready. I just have to do it or else it's never going to happen. And that's what I did with the business. So the way I launched was I sent out a newsletter uh, to, you know, I use MailChimp like everyone else, to all of my colleagues at Fannie Mae, all of my friends, my parents, my parents' friends, just saying, uh, kind of making a big, big announcement. Here's what I'm doing. Uh, and it kind of let the world know that I was I was ready. Now, before I started, just to make sure I had the proof of concept down, I did work with three beta clients. So, you know, I haven't really talked mm. about what, what I do in a little nudge yet. I help people with all aspects of online dating. And a lot of that is helping people market themselves. So I worked with three beta clients. One was a friend, one was an ex-boyfriend's cousin, and one was a, a Fannie Mae coworker. And I gave them all services for free wrote their profiles, helped them choose their pictures, started searching for them online, and then got their feedback on how much would you pay for this? Are there any steps in the process that weren't necessary that you really liked? And that helped me hone in a little bit more on what I wanted to do. And then mm -hmm. that's when I launched. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Nice. Thanks. So um, talk a little bit about uh, the the process of, of actually working with somebody what does it look like when somebody comes to your site and says okay i want to work with you what's what's sort of the first step and then and then how do you walk them through it and what do they what do they expect to get out of it um at the end of the process well let's actually have a little fun simulation so teague let's let, why don't you ring 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 <laughs> Ooh. ring 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 erica teague's been married for a while this may not work but let's <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so somebody will call me generally and, um, sorry for the barking. It's not me. I promise. Uh, <laughs> someone will call me and, and I'll basically ask what, what, what they're looking for in terms of have they struggled with online dating? Have they never done online kinds of clients? Uh, one group has struggled with online dating. They've tried it. It's not working for them for some reason and they need help. Uh, mm -hmm. another group has uh, often been married before online dating didn't exist uh, the first time around and they really need some hand holding and then the, on their own they have enough income that they know they can outsource it so i basically try to get from oh i think we hit some technical difficulties again all right sure so i don't have an ideal client i mainly have three types of clients um one has tried online dating and it hasn't worked for them for whatever reason. They haven't had success. They want to get some help with it. Another has been married or in a relationship uh, for a long time, is no longer in that relationship, and online dating, online dating didn't exist the first time around. They need a little extra hand holding. And then the last group of clients I work with, it, it includes a personal meeting. If you're in DC or New York, we meet uh, in person. And if you are aware, we meet over the phone. And everyone gets an hour-long an hour long initial meeting. And in that meeting, I don't delve into, you know, past relationship issues or anything like that. I, um, I just ask about you, who you are, what makes you tick, uh, what you're looking for in a partner. Because I want to be able to write you the best profile possible. Gotcha. So that's how I interface with clients. Well... 
So how has that evolved then in the last couple of years? I mean, you've had five years to, to sort of perfect this. It, how does it look compared to how it used to look maybe when you got started? Interestingly enough, not much has changed. So I like to, I, I like to think I had it right at the beginning. Um, very little has changed. So I still meet with my clients in person. Uh, they still get me. And which, you know, is a struggle, to be honest, because I do have someone working for me, and we've talked about her meeting with clients. But I realize when I do things like mm-hmm. this, podcasts and media, people call, and then they want to work with me. So, so it's kind of it's a hard trade-off that I, I haven't figured quite figured out yet. But um, uh, now I forgot, <laughs> I forgot the question already. No, I think you answered. Yeah, no, I will say just, just not, not much has changed. Just that I am able to delegate some things that I couldn't have before. Yeah. Can you, so one of the questions we have right now in the chat is, uh, uh, really around sort of the current market and the way that things sort of are uh, related to the different platforms that are available. So our, our, our extra- extraordinary content listener, Mr. Wonderful, is asking, um, you know, how how do you market in a, a clustered dating app world, right? So with so many different options like Hinge or, or Tinder, how do you plan for every different platform? Great question. Uh, I don't think you can plan for every different platform plan for future platforms because nobody knows what they're going to be. When I started my business now almost five years ago, there was no such thing as a dating app. There was no Tinder. There was no Hinge. And that's drastically changed the way people look at online dating. How has it drastically changed my business? Not really, actually. My average client age is 43. So, you know, someone 43 isn't necessarily swiping left, swiping right all day, right? They, They... perhaps want something a little more serious. Maybe they want to go on one of the regular online dating sites like Match.com or eHarmony to find a partner. So I'm still writing profiles just like I used to. But I am finding that, um, not that I ever really got early 20, clients in their early 20s, but I, I get no clients in their early 20s now because it's easy to get a date on Tinder or on Hinge or on Bumble or whatever you're on. Um, I did just introduce a a, a much lower price package for that reason, for that particular demographic, $59, and I'll basically help you choose your pictures, write a little write-up, and help you with some texting on any of those apps. Because my other package, my regular lowest price package is $500, and I realize nobody in their early 20s is going to want to pay that. So I am trying to cater, basically I'm trying to capture that, that piece of the market, but no, things are constantly evolving, and I, I just have to make sure. Clearly, uh, I, <laughs> I I haven't conquered lab, but um, but I have to make sure I'm up on all the technology, especially with all dating apps. Mm-hmm. All right, so changing changing our uh, topic of conversation for just a second. You know, you you've accomplished something pretty substantial, right? You are a a single individual who has built a business that has lasting power. I mean, you've been doing this coming up on, I believe you said April was your five-year anniversary. Is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty impressive. Um, so exciting. Yeah. yeah. So, so talk a little bit about then what, what's the, been the biggest, most consistent challenge over the course of, of the last five years? Uh, I would say, and this is probably true for any service business, but 
mm-hmm. your time, right? But I could never guarantee results in the way that clients would want me to, right? I can't guarantee you're going to find a spouse. I can't guarantee you're going to go on, you know, 25 days from lunch. All I can guarantee is the quality of my work, which I can always stand by. But I would say managing client expectations is, is always going to be a challenge in a service business. And especially in this one, because you're working with, you know, people are emotional um, when they want to meet a partner and perhaps it's been a long time. So just yeah. realizing that, you know, I'm a people pleaser, right? I like to make everyone happy and I like to be liked. And I'm, I realized that, you know, even though I do do this job and I want to make all of my clients happy, you can't please everyone. And, and that took me a while to learn because some people just are mm-hmm. not going to with anyone, anything, ever. Um, and that was a challenge at the beginning. I, I let it roll off me now more than I was able to do before. Very cool. And I also learned, I also learned Fire Your Worst Clients, which I was reading um, Book Yourself Solid. I can't remember the name of the author right now. Uh, it was an excellent book. But, you know, it, it was an important lesson. Fire the clients who don't appreciate you and take up all of your time. And I feel pretty good that in the last five years, I've only had to let three clients go ever. Uh, and, and I feel actually really good about that and really proud that I was able to do that. I think it's an important accomplishment. Um, yeah, did, yeah. did you have any questions? I was actually just going to ask about that question. Well, thank, thank goodness I can read your mind then. Um, for, Erica, it's hard for you. I, I don't know if you're still watching on the on the the blab version of this recording, but it's I'm like pointing the phone at four different directions. It's it's an adventure in, in directional in directional microphone. Um, <laughs> excuse me. So um, in in I, I, it sounds to me as though that that what you're exploring is definitely the kind of thing that ex, that that has a lot of translation to many other uh, industries. Do you guys do you see? I mean. You know, do you meet other entrepreneurs who express the same kinds of things when their work totally doesn't, uh, um, you know, isn't the same as yours? So, you know, people in in, uh, the technology industry or in government or something like that. I mean, are these the kinds of common challenges that you hear often? Uh, They are. I would say anyone who's working with people, right? It's also, you know, it's interesting when you're selling yourself. Well, I was actually having a conversation recently with another business owner, completely different business. He, uh, he's a, a singer, uh, a singer and guitar player, and he books jobs around the country. And we were talking about how there's only one him, right? You can't outsource that. Well, I'm luckier in that I can teach someone what I do. It's not going to be me, but it's, it's going to be someone I've taught. But it's hard when there's just one you. And only one you to go around. And that is something I really, uh, I talk, uh, a lot of people have that in common. It's like, how much of your baby can you give away? How thin can you spread yourself before you go crazy? Because I would say, you know, I have a much better work-life balance now, and I'm constantly trying to make it better. But I had one year in there, I think 2013, where I don't, I don't even remember that year. Like, I was working so much, and... Something has to give at that point. And, you know, it's a constant struggle. And I, I think that's true of any business owner, but particularly when it's not like manufacturing a product, it's actually your time. Mm, definitely. I think that I think that there are a lot of folks that would agree with that. What would you say, T? 
Yeah, I, I think that you know, for a lot of entrepreneurs, it is a challenge to figure out how do you scale beyond you know the, the availability of your time, particularly when you're in a business where you know what you're selling is your time, and and the person is expecting to get you know the person whose name is on the door. Um, how do you you know how do you both meet client expectations, but also scale beyond the number of hours that you personally have in the day? I think that's a that's a really big challenge. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Um, Erica, do you? Well, let's talk a little bit about sort of you know we we've spent a lot of time talking about where you where you have been and where you are. What's what's in the future? Are you you know hiring up and turning this into a full fledged you know. I don't want to call it matchmaking. That's the wrong term, but a dating agency, or is this, you're going to keep it small. You're going to keep it, you know, lean. What, what's, what does the future hold for a little nudge? That's a good question. And I'm not sure I can completely answer it. Uh, I don't know. I think to myself, what do I want as a business? Right. And I want a few things. I want it to keep growing. I obviously want to be able to make money, but I also love things like this where I'm able to talk to people and do media and to be that known expert on online dating. So the way I think I would like to grow is to continue doing things like this, like media and talking to people and, and being out there. That does obviously generate clients. And then when I have enough work to substantiate hiring more people, I would like to do that. I like it. I'm re-logged, I'm re-logged in on the old computer. If you want to open up the seat, I can try again. If you want. That's all right. I think I think we're pretty committed to this format at this point. Okay. Uh, okay. But but uh, Teague, do you have any other questions before I ask my usual wrap up question? Let's let's do okay. it. Okay, Erica, I warned you about this. I hope you're ready with a good answer. If you could go back to day one and ask and give yourself one really solid piece of advice, what would you give yourself? What would you tell yourself, rather? Uh, start delegating sooner. Uh, hiring the as one person working for me right now, hiring her was the best thing I did. Uh, I thought, what do I? What takes up all of my time and do it? And what do I like the least? And I realized it was writing client emails. So, like, if you are the client and you're on OKCupid, I'm searching for you and writing emails for you to send to women. It's extremely time-consuming and not that rewarding because the clients rarely tell me if people respond, right? So, it's like, these emails are going out into the ether and I have no clue what's going on. So, I'm like, you know, I can delegate that. So, I found the best writer I could find that posted the job on Craigslist, actually. I had only good luck on Craigslist. And um, we were actually having our kind of Start of the year meeting yesterday, and I told her I, I, I couldn't do it without her. So I just I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah, smart, excellent. Yeah. Um, well, we uh, we appreciate the time, and we're very sorry about the uh, <laughs> excuse me about the uh, poor connection issues. Um, hang on oh, one I'm second. Sorry. Sorry it's not your fault, I assume, unless you broke your own wireless router. I think it's pretty much just. <laughs> Monkeys, monkeys, uh, monkeying around. Uh, nobody would say it. monkeys in the inner tubes. Exactly. Um, Erica, aside from going to a little nudge.com, is there any other way that folks can reach out to you if they have any questions or want to follow up? Sure. Absolutely. Um, anything with a little nudge, you can find me. Twitter is that a little nudge, Facebook, a little nudge. Um, I also, one of my new year's resolutions last year was to, uh, I guess not last year, 2014 was to, um, Publish a book 
I guess I really want New Year's resolutions. <laughs> so my book came out in November of 2014, and, um, and that's on Amazon. And I actually have a special going on for the new year for the Kindle book at 99 cents. So I'm told that once people hear me talk, when they read my book, they can hear my voice. It's like a compliment. I'm not 100% sure. <laughs> but it's a really quick read, and uh, it really essentially takes you through how to do online dating from the first time you log on all the way up through your first page and after that. So that's, that's a really good resource that, that can be helping a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Very you cool. want to know what my New Year's resolution is this year? What is it? I think I'm the only person in the world who made a resolution to watch more TV. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on the whole relaxing thing. So, uh, mm, yes, I like I'm forcing it. myself to watch an hour of TV then. Very cool. I like that. That's a good resolution. Um, well, uh, despite despite the challenges, thank you again for joining. We really do appreciate it. Uh, if you can hold on for a little bit after the show, we'll uh, we'll do a little we'll do a little uh, conversation right after, if that's okay. Absolutely. Very cool, Teague. Uh, well, that was uh, it was a bit of a technical adventure, but I, I really enjoyed the conversation. I'm really glad we made that work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, yeah. we'll see how this recording ends up coming through on the podcast. Uh, like I said, you can fix everything in post, right? Um, Teague, how can uh, how can folks find you on the internet if they have questions or want to follow up? You can find me at teaghopkins.com or at teaghopkins on Twitter. Very cool. And you can find me at Jason Nellis on Twitter. You're, of course, welcome to email me anytime. Jason at Brilliant, B-R-L-L-N-T dot co. Um, you, of course, are all uh, welcome to join us uh, every week as we continue to interview and chat with uh, startup founders from all range of, of walks of life. Um, sign up for our newsletter at startupjab.com. Reach out to us at startupjab on Twitter. Uh, and send us a note. Tell us, uh, say hi. And, and, you know, let us know how you're doing because we always want to hear that. Um, Teague? Always good to see you, my friend. Want to give a quick shout out to Likewise. producer Katie as well. Um, and with that, Teague, play us out, buddy. <laughs>